Hey, this is Double J, Jeff Jarrett, WWE Hall of Famer, and you're listening to the My One Two Three Cents Podcast. It's my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me the hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. The guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! Hey, friends. Happy Monday. Happy My One Two Three Cents Day. It is January twenty third, twenty twenty three. My One Two Three Cents Day, as I deemed it. A few years ago, because of course it is one twenty-three, and of course the entire month of January is my one two three cents month. So uh, it is episode four twenty-seven, by the way, of the podcast. Thanks for joining us, joining me and my guest this week, Brian Barnett, a friend of mine from back in the day uh, when we lived and worked in Alabama. And uh, this weekend, this past weekend, was uh, the twenty-fifth anniversary a little wrestling trip that we took, and uh, we're going to talk more about that and share some fun stories, and stick around at the very end of the podcast. The interviews that I did uh, at that time are going to drop as well at the very end of uh, the conversation that Brian and I have uh, coming up in just a few minutes. But uh, if you're not already, please follow My123Cents on social media, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, the My One Two Three Cents Facebook group. There's also the YouTube channel, um, and I've been giving away some prizes, cleaning out, uh, clearing out the My One Two Three Cents prize vault. Uh, you know, thanks to those who have contributed to that through the years, including Chad Smart. And uh, you know, I have been giving prizes away over the the course of the month, and. Uh, this week is is no different, and it is my one two three cents day, and and I teased it on Facebook, so I'm gonna announce it right here, right now. How to uh, submit and and be entered in for a prize for this week's prize, and that is simple. I ask every week for people to leave a review, screenshot that review of the podcast, and send it to me, and you know I haven't gotten any, so that is going to be this week's contest. I'm gonna. Uh, instead of just picking someone at random, I'm going to make everybody do a little work. So head over to your podcasting app, wherever you're listening to the show. You can even do it. Um, I think you can do it on jitterymonkey.com, but I'm not 100% sure. So if you're listening, uh, wherever you're listening, leave a review. It can be one star and you can tell me that this is the worst podcast you've ever heard uh, and you'll be eligible. I just am looking for the feedback and of course, when people do leave reviews of podcasts, it does help with the algorithm. And I think in the eight years of this podcast, there might be four or five reviews and they're all friends of mine and all said glowing things. So I I want uh, some honest feedback, some criticism, whatever's on your mind, let me know. But you have to enter it in um, and send me a screenshot of it or, or let me know that you did it so then I can go and, and take a look uh, at the review, but uh, I need to know that it's been done and you will be eligible for this week's prize. And we are celebrating 
not just my one, two, three cents day, but we're also celebrating 30 years of Raw. And one of the prizes for this week involves WWE Raw. No, it's not tickets to go see Raw in St. Louis, which is coming up. That would be amazing if, if I had that kind of budget to do something like that. But uh, it is WWE-related, the prize uh, for this week. So uh, I encourage you again to follow along on all the different social media platforms that My123Cents is on and engage. And let me know what's on your mind. I, I, I love interacting. And, and that's what I love about this week's interview. Brian and I have not talked to each other probably since we last saw each other in 1999 when we worked together in, in Alabama. Now we have connected obviously on social media and have, you know, messaged each other and, and, and done that. But an actual phone conversation or, or Zoom call between the two of us, again, probably I, I'm thinking I haven't talked to him probably since 1999. And uh, it was great to reconnect, and, and he's gonna. I'm gonna have him back on in the future, and we'll talk um, more wrestling stuff. But I love having those conversations with wrestling fans, whether I know you or not. Let's connect. Let's, uh, you know, 2023 is gonna be the year of my one, two, three cents. I'm, I'm just really uh, optimistic about that, and so I encourage you again to head on over, connect with me on uh, Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, uh, whatever you want to connect on, let's uh, let's make that connection and chat. And also, I want to encourage you to check out Stride Pro Wrestling on social media. We have four or three big shows coming up over the next several weeks. February fourth, we are at Legacy Fitness in Marion, Illinois. Then on February eighteenth, we are doing a fundraiser show for Swings Softball, and that is happening at the Sioux Drive Center in Marion, Illinois. And then on March 4th, Strideiversary. It is the WrestleMania of Stride Pro Wrestling, if you will. And we are headed over and doing an event again at the Sioux Drive Center, Strideiversary, March 4th. So uh, follow Stride Pro Wrestling on social media. We tweet about it. We Instagram about it. We Facebook about it. So uh, it's all it's all there and uh, check it out. And ProWrestlingTees.com slash My123Cents. You can get your Stride or My123Cents swag. Thighhuggers.com. Promo code My123Cents. Free your thighs. Get uh, get some for this summer. Whether you're working out or swimming or running or wrestling, thigh huggers are great. Um, I have three pair and I absolutely love them. They're very comfortable and as I get more comfortable with the way I look, I'll start strutting more ass in my thigh huggers. Uh, that uh, is something you probably don't want to see. But, uh, you know, I, I did have that one match that uh, I teamed up with uh, Tyler and uh, Curly, and we took on the um, the the trio of uh, AJ Kellis, David Lee Walker, and Brian Richards. And, uh, you know, it was a fun time. So, again, check out Stride Pro Wrestling and, and, and the ways to support Stride uh, not only live in person, but, uh, you know, coming up at these events, uh, on social media, sharing posts or whatever the case may be. Um, also collar and elbow brand, the promo code there is also my one, two, three cents. And I'll go ahead and plug it. I know we're still 11 months away from Christmas, but 
it's never too early to start thinking about the my one two three cents stride pro wrestling action figure drive so if you have action figures if you pick something up along the way um, i already have a couple thanks to chad that uh, didn't make it here in time for the 2022 drive so 2023 is already off to a start with uh, a couple of aew figures so again if you uh are in the mood and and want to start early on your christmas shopping hit me up and let me know and uh We'll go from there. But friends, I do appreciate you listening, supporting, being a part of the My One Two Three Cents experience, My One Two Three Cents month. I'm having fun with that over mostly doing it on Facebook. But uh, again, this week, I'm asking that you review the podcast, leave a review, positive, negative, whatever's on your mind. Just leave that review, screenshot it, DM it, you know, text it to me, email it to me, whatever you want to do to get it my way. And uh, you will be eligible then for the prize for this week. I, again, welcome you to stick around and listen. Stay tuned for my friend Brian Barnett and uh, have a great rest of your week. Thanks, friends. If you've dreamed of becoming a professional wrestler, it's time to make that dream a reality. The Stride Pro Wrestling Training Academy is now enrolling new students. Classes meet on Tuesdays and Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. Be sure to check out the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page at facebook.com slash stridepro-wrestling and get enrolled now. Everyone, as promised, my guest this week is Brian Barnett, a friend of mine from, it blows my mind to say this, more than 25 years ago now, we first met uh, at WOWL. The station is not even in existence anymore. Uh, in Florence, Alabama, a tiny little town in Northwest Alabama. Brian was uh, doing sports there. I was a anchor reporter and uh, we found out pretty quick that we were both wrestling fans. So Brian, talk a little bit about your early days of fandom. Well, Kevin, thanks for bringing me in. It does seem odd to say 25 years ago mm-hmm. uh, that when we did that, I mean, in some ways, I mean, I think we're about the same age. In some ways, it doesn't yeah. even really seem like I should be more than about 25. But, <laughs> I know, right? You know, uh, but so, you know, when I see when I have kids, you know, older than that now. So uh, I guess uh, I guess it makes sense. So uh, early days of fandom, I really first discovered pro wrestling when I was about four. Uh, we had the mid uh, group in the Mid-South region. So Bill Watts territory. Uh, but it was uh, Leroy McGurk uh, back when I was younger. I mm-hmm. uh, started watching that. But uh, really, the first wrestling I really got into was uh, you know, when we got cable. We got, like a lot of people, I'm sure, got cable and got, you know, uh, the Superstation. Got 17 out of Atlanta. And uh, I think it might have been even – I don't even think it was WTBS back then. I think it was something else. So it was prior to. But uh, so, you know, back then they still had Mr. Wrestling 2. And, you know, Tommy Rich was just getting there and getting going. So I was, you know, four or five. I mean, I was – pretty young so you know i really got into it there and really was just uh just a fan for for years after that really caught on some saturdays you know we'd get five or six hours of wrestling programming there in shreveport we'd get mid-south we'd get world class uh we'd get of course georgia and so uh it was a big fan of the von erics Mm-hmm. Of course, growing up, uh, I know you and I have talked about that. Uh, Kerry was always my favorite wrestler yeah. uh, growing up, and yeah, it was a huge deal, you know, when he won the world title. Uh, yeah, what in a match that wasn't exactly a masterpiece, but I've gone back and watched it. It wasn't quite as bad as a lot of people <laughs> say it was, <laughs> but uh, it was an incredible, incredible thing to, to see him win that. So, yeah, was a fan, uh, was a huge fan, you know, got out of it as I got older, but, uh, you know, loved the old stuff. And uh, AEW came here. Um, not long after they started 
and uh, took my daughter to. We went to that, and uh, it was a good time. It was a good. They put on a good show, and WWE was just here a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. so there. So uh, yeah, WWE makes an annual stop here, typically in January, uh, in the lead up to WrestleMania. So, uh, yeah, just uh, you know, loved it as a kid. Loved it, you know, high school, college years, and you know, uh, checked in on it off and on. And the thing that really got me back into it years ago, after I had kind of just you know become an adult and, and got involved in other things and kids and you know just just being a grown-up mm-hmm. uh was uh you know of course the monday night wars mm-hmm. you know that was you know i think that brought everybody back yeah you know to to see to see hogan turn heel and it was just uh something obviously we'd never i, I say we'd never seen before i mean the you know we remember you know, if you're old enough to remember back in the day, I mean, Hogan kind of started that way, you know, yeah. in the early, you know, late sure. 70s, early 80s. But uh, for a lot of fans, they'd never seen it. So once we got the, you know, prayers, training, and vitamins, Hogan, we'd never seen, uh, you know, even a, a hint of him turning, uh, you know, turning heel, turning bad, being a bad guy, as we say. I guess, you know, everybody uses heel and face now, but I mean, we didn't know what in the world that was back then. So uh, good guys and bad guys. So uh, when he did that, I mean, it was just, just kind of blew everybody's mind. And, you know, you have the the vision of him uh, doing what he did there at Bash the Beach, and everybody just throwing all the trash in the ring. It's just completely wild, just a just a crazy scene, and you know, really set everything off, and um, you know, really got everything. Really was a, a huge boost for WCW at a time when they when they needed that to happen. Absolutely, and that's kind of where you know you and I cross paths because I I moved to Florence in late 1997 and within about two months i somehow we got word that that wcw was coming to the von braun civic center which is in huntsville which is about an hour or so from the shoals which which is the the right area of where we were working at the time and i remember our our news director at the time a guy named todd napier gave me my first break in in this business which i'm still eternally grateful for but was a very laid back news director. And I remember Jennifer, uh, her name is Kirkpatrick now, but Jennifer Englewright was kind of his right-hand person at right. the time and, and anchoring with him and stuff. And she, I think it was her that actually kind of suggested that we try to get media passes to this. I had never, you know, like I said, I'm two months into the business, the, the news business that is, and I have no idea how any of that works. And I think she kind of pointed us in the right direction. And then uh, I was blown away by the fact that, you know, this is the only third Thunder uh, in the history of the program. And uh, we get backstage, what we thought were backstage passes, I guess we got there and and they basically had us set up in the arena before the kids got there and they were going to bring wrestlers out to us. And I remember we were both very hyped and we, we talked about this before we started recording. We wanted, of course, the nature boy, but uh, that wasn't to be talk about that, how you felt when we kind of discovered we weren't going to get the nature boy. Well, you know, it's always a crapshoot when you do things like that. Everybody wants to talk to flair. Everybody wants to talk to Hogan, you know, you want the biggest stars and, you know, let's face it. Huntsville uh, is, was a smaller market. You know, we weren't in New York or Atlanta or, you know, Tampa or whatever. And so, and the place has grown tremendously since then. Um, but, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a small hick town by any means, but it wasn't, you know, one of the big marquee towns. So, uh, you know, we had heard on the promos because they were running them, you know, over in the shoals, like you said, 
we'd heard on the promos, oh, it's going to be Hogan and Flair. And, you know, you know, it was right in the middle of the whole, you know, the whole NWO thing. It was just going crazy. So we thought, oh, okay, well, this is going to be awesome. We can go and, you know, and we got over there. And not only did we not get to interview uh, Rick, he wasn't even there that night. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was, that was, I'm going to be honest, that was a bit of a letdown, of course, because I was like, oh, man, you know, because of course I had seen him, I had seen him as a kid growing up uh, in Shreveport. And uh, saw him wrestle Terry Funk in the, at the height of their feud, which was spectacular. Yeah, wow. one of the greatest. One, of, it was a great feud, and uh, just a tremendous atmosphere. Just man, it was just super. And I, uh, yeah, would seen him do the TV interviews there and all that stuff. So I was like, oh man, this is going to be great. We're going to get to we're going to get to interview Flair. At least we might, you know. Yeah. Uh, but but it didn't turn out too bad for us, man. We ended up get, getting some uh, getting some good interviews. They they took care of us pretty well. I mean, I thought. Uh, yeah, I thought too. They brought over was was just fine. I know you were pretty amped about it, so yeah. it was a good time for sure. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, Brian, of course, uh, was was there and and volunteered to to act as cameraman. And in hindsight, now I wish uh, if I could go back in time, you know, could have shared the love and and let you interview uh, some of these guys as well because it, it, you know, like I said, I'm two months into the business and this is probably one of my favorite memories after a 22 year career in, in TV news, this is still one of my favorite times because like you said, uh, and, and I think the very first guy to come over was Ray trailer, um, you know, formerly the big boss man. And of course, when you're in these kind of environments, you know, nowadays when I set up a podcast interview and, and I talked to RVD a couple of months ago and, you know, it, it was no hold barred. I could ask him whatever. And, and, you know, sure. Whatever. We didn't have any restrictions, but of course, when you're at a venue like this, and of course the other Huntsville TV stations were there and uh, it was kind of like, you know, they come over, they talk for a minute or two, or, you know, maybe a few minutes um, at the most, and then they move on. But I remember with Ray trailer, he obviously stayed in character and, and kind of kept it going. And, uh, but after that interview was over, we were waiting for the next interview and we went over and got some B roll of them setting up the ring oh yeah remember this and oh yeah this is actually the thing i remember just as much as the interview <laughs> yeah exactly so doug dillinger who of course at the time is is head of wcw security comes over and and really kind of starts going after us and was like you know what what are you doing and 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 you know i i again two months i'm i'm young naive whatever and i just said well we're just getting some video of the ring to go along with our story and they took the tape away. And I asked, you know, I'm like, I need that back. You know, I've got my interview with Ray trailer. Luckily we had a second tape with us to right. record on. So, but uh, I, you know, I still share that story with people from time to time. Cause I know Doug Dillinger was, was a part of uh, Ric Flair's last match in Nashville last year. So uh, I, I always chuckle when Conrad refers to him on, on the podcast and think back to that. Did you think we were going to, I was afraid we were going to get kicked out of the building. And then I was like, really sweating bullets after that oh uh, you just never know in a situation like that i didn't think they were going to tell us to leave but uh the thing that kind of blew my mind about it was you know, i thought two things i thought well they're coming you know dillinger's coming over here and it's like okay he doesn't want us to get video of the ring it's like well you know we're about a decade past vince mcmahon going and testifying to the new jersey senate that hey this is sports entertainment so it's like, what are you afraid we're going to see here, Doug? <laughs> you know, what we're not here to do some expose. 
So I thought his whole demeanor about that was really odd. Um, it didn't make any sense. And then I thought, well, maybe they're, maybe they've got something. I think you and I even discussed this. Maybe they've got yeah. something planned with the ring tonight. You know, maybe there's going to be some sort of a, you know, somebody under the ring or, you know, but I don't remember anything, you know, I don't remember anything funny with the ring going on. But anyway, I just thought it was a, an odd situation. I mean, we're there to promote it. And, you know, I remember us talking to him like, hey, man, we're, we're fans. You know, we're working in even, we're fans here. We're wanna, we want to promote, you know, what's going on here. We're not here to do any kind of thing that's going to hurt the business. Uh, you don't need to send anybody to come over and slap us upside of the head like John Stossel or any of that. We're good. Uh, don't, uh, please don't do that. Uh, you know, we're good, but, uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, he was, uh, he was, he was kind of a jerk about it, but you know, he let us stay in there. He didn't give us any trouble, yeah. you know? So after that, you know, once we convinced him to, Hey man, we're, we're, we're on your side here. So yeah. but it was a, it was an interesting thing uh, for sure. Well, and it actually, and I don't know if this had anything to do with it or not, but the giant did destroy the ring that night. He okay. He, he pushed on the one side. He wrestled Scott Hall that night, and and I wanted to go back and, and watch the show before I recorded this, but I, I do remember the ring kind of falling apart, or at least kind of, and and Scott Hall kind of toppled around, and, and Kevin they were you know goofing on the giant at the time because I think he had just left the NWO or or whatever. But gotcha. Um, so I, I'm going to assume that was was why, but you know I you know I work in in independent wrestling and have for about ten years now, and and they do they you know some some guys are okay with showing others you know the setup and 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 some are 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 not so um, yeah you just never know but he did you know to his credit uh, Dillinger did return the tape they erased whatever we had recorded <laughs> with, with the ring but luckily did not erase the Ray Trailer interview so. Uh, we still had that, but you know, then they start bringing over some other guys, and they bring over Goldberg, which at the time right. he might have still been Bill Goldberg, and was not. You know, the streak was was going on, <laughs> but he was he was far from what he ended up becoming uh, less than six months later. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought up the thing with the rain. I didn't remember that at all. Like I said, the things that mainly stand stand out to me were. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the whole Dillinger incident and then uh, the interviews and, uh, you know, some of them, you know, the card was, the card was really good. And it was right before, I think it was right before sold out. Yes. Uh, I think it was the last, uh, the last TV show before sold out. So uh, they had some, you know, they had some build up with that, but yeah. Okay. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad you remembered <laughs> that. So, Cause I was like, man, what in the world? I don't remember anything, but I don't know. It, it's been a while. That's proof that it's been 25 years. Yeah. So I don't, I don't yeah. remember everything about it, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go, you know, Goldberg, that was neat. But going back to Ray Trailer for just a second, yeah, what sure. a what what a great guy. Yeah. You know, he he could not have been nicer. I mean, like you said, you know, when the when the lights went on, it was care it was, you know, character, but man, what a what a nice guy. It was uh just as just as nice and humble. And really they all were. I don't remember, yeah. you know, uh, Goldberg was great, and like you said, it was uh, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier today about that. I said, yeah, you know, we interviewed Goldberg. He was like, oh, man, it's a big deal. I said, yeah, you know, looking back, it, it is. But at the time, I don't remember that being, you know, he wasn't he wasn't the monster. Yeah. Right. You know, they were they were still building him up. So uh, that was cool. Um, but he was great. And, you know, uh, the giant, you know, who would, of course, become big shows. We all know mm -hmm. uh, was, uh, 
you know, he was great. They were all just just as nice as they could be. The funny, but the funniest one, and you know, the funniest one to me was Buff Bagwell. Yes. That was absolutely hilarious. You're you, I think, uh, I think you put on Facebook or did did something on a yeah. podcast or so. You did something. Uh, you showed that interview, I think, or you talked yeah. about it or whatever. Yeah. It was, it was so funny because he comes over and you'll remember this. I'm sure he comes over and you know we're, I forget who brought him over and. He's shaking her hands like, hey, Marcus Bagwell, Marcus Bagwell, you know, just as nice, you know, good to meet you, good to meet you. And then, you know, man, you turn the lights on and he's he's buff. Yeah. Right, right then. It's just a really quite literally just flipping a switch. Yeah. And he just became somebody else. It was uh it was pretty impressive. It was. And I I because I remember, and I I think and I'm gonna play uh, all the interviews at the end of this uh, podcast, but I'm almost positive, like you were rolling, and he asked me what my name was. Yes. Before, before the you know the interview started, and as soon as yeah, as soon as I introduce him as Buff, he he goes into character, and and it was hilarious. It really uh, that was very memorable, and I actually uh, connected with him on on social media, and and uh, uh, had him on the podcast probably gosh two or three years ago now, uh, and. Now, you know, I don't know if he was being nice or, or what, but he says he remembers that whole, you know, incident. I, whether or not he really does, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure he's talked to hundreds, if not thousands of reporters in the past. So uh, sometimes I think, uh, you know, they, they say that to, to be nice and, and whatever. But uh, that was great. And then, of course, my all-time, all-time favorite manager and, and really on my Mount Rushmore of, of wrestling personalities in general uh bobby the brain heenan and i yeah i was yeah. I, mean, I was starstruck with all of them but with him it was like and i go back and i look at that interview and again two months in the business i, I make that excuse but i'm like i felt like a, a bumbling idiot talking to him but he was also very cool and uh you know very laid back and and i think he might have had a cocktail or two before he came over to uh to chat with us <laughs> well maybe so but uh yeah it was I, I'm with you. I mean, it was really Heenan was the most impressive. I mean, you know, I mean, here's a guy, you know, I'd been seeing, you know, in the wrestling magazines and, you know, seeing on TV and those type of things for years, you know, was Nick Bockwinkle's manager in AWA. So he had managed, you know, he had managed him and, you know, come along and it was such a huge deal in, in uh, WWF at the time and, and just everywhere he went. And then of course, uh, WCW at the time, but yeah, just a, uh, just a hilarious guy and just everything you, you had ever heard about him, at least in our brief time with him, our five minutes with him, you know, turned out to be true. Uh, just a sharp wit, hilarious guy. I mean, he was almost like doing a stand up comedy routine the entire interview. Yeah. Uh, so, so he was, uh, yeah, he was great. And of course, unfortunately he's no longer with us either. Uh, but Man, what a what a legend, and and definitely on the Mount Rushmore of managers, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, again really great, and I, I remember asking him because you know, back in those times, you know, you have dreams and aspirations, and I was you know a twenty four year old and was like uh, you know asking for advice, career advice, and whatnot, and he and he gave some tips and stuff, but it, it was again, it, you know when you're in those situations, you have to kind of keep it in character. And, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, 
we've got these interviews, but I really, you know, this was long before YouTube was a thing. And this was before podcasts were a thing. And I was like, I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to put this together. Um, <laughs> we couldn't, we couldn't get B-roll of the show uh, either. Um, and so I ended up pulling, you know, I recorded Thunder that night from my, on my VCR and then ended up pulling that video from that and putting together uh, a package for the next day's newscast. Cause you know, we were like, well, we might as well stay here because we're not going to rush back. And, you know, it's not like breaking news that they went on at the 10 o'clock news. So. <laughs> no, they were definitely not expecting us back at that uh, at that <laughs> point. So and it's a good thing, too. So. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, but it was a it was a great time. And, and you know, it's, uh, you know, you've all, of course, always been such a huge fan. Of course, when we were working together, we found out found that out pretty quickly. Yeah. And, you know, of course, you know, uh, you growing up in the uh the st louis area and you know you getting to see that all those wrestlers there and uh, did you ever get a chance to go to the chase and watch wrestling or was that not a thing by the time you were older no you know um when i really kind of embraced the fandom of it all wrestling at the chase was in its last probably last year of, of wrestling at the chase so we never went to the chase but we went to the arena uh which is or was an iconic building there in st louis and then of course uh, and I forget what it's called now, but back when I was a kid, it was called the Keel Center. And gotcha. that's where the NWA would come into town and and do shows. And 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 listening to Ric Flair's podcast now and hearing him talk about those old days in St. Louis, you know, it makes me feel really fortunate because I saw him wrestle Kerry and I saw him wrestle Brody, um, you know, yeah. wow. as a kid. So those were two really awesome memories as well just kind of thinking back and and looking back on on that era and of course wwf came in more often and and we went to you know we didn't go every time they came i was looking I, you know i look online at the results and it blows my mind that they were coming to wwf was coming to st louis three or four times a year right uh, and so you know we would go you know maybe once a year maybe twice a year if we were lucky but it, you know it's just that experience of, of doing it. And, you know, now, and my kids, you know, my, my middle kid was into it for a little bit. We went to the 2012 Royal rumble. My daughter watched it for a little bit, but they never got into it like I did. So uh, I, you know, I never really got to share all that, but, you know, doing it through independent wrestling now it's, it's a great, you know, it, it, it's a lot of fun and, and, and it is obviously so much different than what you see on TV when you're, doing stuff on the indie scene and i i remember before i left the shoals and i think you had already left before were you still there at the end or or had they had you had you moved i was there at the end but i was looking to mm -hmm. you know move along so yeah when, I, went back went back and worked in shreveport for about a year okay that's right yeah i and i did a little bit of work with it, it was called millennium championship wrestling and it was uh based out of it was in Sheffield and it was, and I don't even remember where in Sheffield it was, but it was on like Tuesday nights and I would leave the owl. That was the TV <laughs> uh, at six, you know, I would anchor the six and then the, those shows started at seven. So I would swing through a drive through and then I would, all I was doing was camera work for them. And I don't know if you rem ever remember any of that, those shows or anything like that, but I was so like intimidated by it all. And so, such an introvert that I did not, I never talked to anybody when I was like, I literally would go over to the camera, make sure the tape was in record 
show was over and then I'd get in my car and leave. Like I never interacted with anyone other than some chat stuff that I was doing. This was back when AOL chat was a thing, but right. you know, I'm like, I go back and I kick myself because I'm like, I could have picked their brains or, you know, asked questions or whatever, but uh, you know, I, it was a, it was a fun time and, and I loved my time uh, in that market. And again, like I said, that, that show in Huntsville was, still one of my favorite memories of of tv news business yeah well it was a great first place to work uh, because you got to do everything yeah you got an opportunity you and you know you had to do everything but you also got to do everything right, so, right right you know you got to you had the opportunity to be on air to produce to shoot uh, by the time you left there, you knew how to do a little bit of everything. You were a valuable commodity for the next place you were at. You could do different things. So uh, lots of people, you know, start, I know we're going down a rabbit hole here, but lots of people started there. I run into people all the time who, you know, uh, spent some time over there at WWL in Florence. So it was a, it was a good place uh, and, uh, you know, good community to start in and, you know, not a high cost of living, which is important when you're having yeah. your first job in TV because yeah. <laughs> they don't pay you anything at all. Definitely. Uh, but, um, but yeah, getting back to the wrestling part of it. Um, yeah, it was, um, yeah, you should have, uh, who knows? You could have been uh, ring announcing or managing. You could have been uh, like Boyd Pierce from uh, <laughs> Mid-South. Get you a crazy suit. Hey, I see some of the get-ups you wear now. So, yeah, I mean, that's true. That is true. And you'd you have fit right in. What was also cool about about that market, you know, cause then I went to Indiana after that and it was not, I, I didn't, I didn't go to a live wrestling show the entire four and a half years I worked in, in, in Indiana. Um, and it wasn't until I moved here and met my friend Chad that, uh, and some other people here that were like wrestling fans that we started going to independent shows and then some WWE stuff. But, you know, we had that gym in, and over in Sheffield as well. And uh, Wade Gann, he owned it. And he was a yeah. independent wrestler. And he booked Sid to come in a couple of times. And we actually had Sid. I don't, I don't know if you were there that night or not, but Sid actually came into the studio and uh, we did an anchor interview, you know, a, a desk interview with him for like the last, I don't know, probably seven or eight minutes of the show. I do remember that. Uh, yeah, Wade Gans placed the dungeon over yes. in uh, t over in Tuscumbia. Tuscumbia, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. and um, I remember Sid coming in, and I remember the only thing I really that really stood out to me, and, and I don't see how this is humanly possible, but I remember him saying he ate something like two hundred and fifty egg whites a day. That that was like all he ate was yeah. egg whites yeah. to be able to get enough protein, but not put on any fat. Now that sounds completely outrageous now that i think about it i don't see how that could have been remotely possible but um yeah i mean he was he was a monster he was a nice guy you know yeah. i mean that's that's one thing um in really i guess all the interactions i've ever had with wrestlers i've had a fair amount of them is that i've never really you know other than you know doug dillinger being mad at us yeah. you know uh I don't really, I don't have any stories about anybody being, uh, being rude or really just anything but nice. I mean, yeah. um, I think, I think a lot of people might be surprised by that. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm same situation. I mean, I've, you know, with my previous job and then now doing some of the independent stuff and, and getting to meet some of these, uh, legends and, and, and even some of the current guys, you know, I've, I've not had one bad interaction other than, that quick little uh, bit <laughs> with, with uh, Dillinger. So it's, it's very cool. Yeah, it is. And 
Um, yeah, it's it really speaks well of the people that that are in the business. I mean, at least in you know the last uh, twenty five years, you know, going forward. I know that you hear all the stories. Everybody, listen, everybody's going to have a bad day or a bad time. I mean, nobody's going to be perfect, uh, but you know, you hear. Yeah, you hear you can hear some bad stories about I'm not gonna name names about certain wrestlers, but you know, I again uh speaking for myself, just like you know, you were, I don't really have any anything negative to say about any any wrestlers I've ever, you know, interacted with. They've all been uh real cool, real nice yeah. guys. Hey, you know, you want to go and you know have a beer with and tell some jokes or whatever, they all come across that way. Well, you know, we were talking about it before I hit record and th- there's there's my white whale is, of course, the Nature Boy Ric Flair, which 25 years ago we were hoping to get. And you are in the Huntsville area, as we mentioned, which we know, of course, Conrad Thompson uh, lives and and works there and is the son-in-law of Ric Flair. Uh, ever had any sightings of of nature, or, or you know, I'm I'm imagining he's probably still on your list of uh, one of meets as well. Yeah, there's no doubt that he is. I unfortunately have never run into him. I've actually just missed him here and there uh, a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came and uh, when he recorded, and we, we were talking about this, I don't know if this is how his relationship with uh, with Conrad started, but um, Conrad has a mortgage company. Uh, a lot of people outside of this area may not know that. Uh, and so he would do a lot of advertising, and he had Rick you know, come and do a commercial for him. And like I said, that may be the genesis of their relationship. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But they didn't record. They did the commercials at a local TV station here in town, but they didn't do it at ours. I was like, ah. And then I had some friends like, oh, man, you know, it was great. Flair, you know, that he had the, they had, they'd take pictures with the belt and they had one, somebody put his robe on. I was like, oh, man, oh, man, this is terrible. (laughs) That should be me over there doing that. I was like, oh, man, I got to, I need to meet him, you know. But he he had already left, and then I'd um, had gone somewhere else where he had just been like within the last hour. It was like a car dealership or something. And uh, he he is in town a lot. It appears. I mean, he'll post he'll post uh, stuff on his you know Facebook or whatever you know his social media sites. Um, being in town, going to you know the, of course the better restaurants in town and things like that. Wendy's with him still a lot. It seems. Uh-huh. Uh um which I can't figure out what's going on there, but I guess it's not really my business. But anyway, it's a curiosity though, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, he's here a lot. And then, you know, uh, good for Conrad. He's been a lifelong fan, it seems. And he's been able to, you know, use his means to be able to make a whole second career and, yeah. you know, do something he loves. So, you know, good on him too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Brian, I you know I'm I'm a cheapskate and I don't have the uh, limitless Zoom, so uh, we got a, about five minutes left. What what do you hope to see? Uh, you know, obviously lots going on currently with AEW and and WWE, but obviously the big news so far, and you know we're three weeks into the new year, and Vince McMahon is back at the helm. Any thoughts on that? Where, where do you see, do you see the company selling or what do you think is going to happen or how this will play out? Well, it seems all the, all the signs and all the stories and all the quote sources say that, you know, he's back so they can sell and whether it's to the Saudis or whoever, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, you know, from everything we've seen, I guess we, I guess, well, I guess we'll see what happens, but that seems to be the indicator. 
I mean, I would assume he's just back to try and make sure that it sells and he gets the money he wants and he wants to negotiate the deal. I mean, obviously that would just, just a guess who knows. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, WrestleMania's, you know, and got the run up to that. Um, and then, uh, AEW, they've got, uh, got some other things going on. Hated to hear about, uh, Jay Briscoe's passing. Oh yeah. Uh, so that was, you know, um, just a, a tough deal. Like I guess it was a car accident and, uh, you know, uh, certainly prayers for, uh, his family. I know that they were, uh, the details said, you know, they were also in the, why kids, kids were in the car if his wife was, but, uh, terrible situation. So just, uh, pray for, pray for them as well. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly one of the legendary tag teams of the last two decades, um, no doubt about it. So, um, but yeah, you know, sometimes, sometimes real life intrudes on the wrestling business, unfortunately, mm-hmm. just like anything else. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, see what happens in the next few months with uh, WWE and uh, AEW and some other things. So, uh, you know, we'll keep an eye out for it. And you never know. Uh, you never know what can happen in this crazy business, that's for sure. Do you think Stephanie is is done done or will we see her again one day? Somewhere else, maybe even. <sighs> Boy, that's a good question. Um, I Somewhere else would be hard to imagine to be. I mean, maybe you have a different thought on it, but I think Not maybe no. she's just done, done. And, yeah. you know, that's, hey, you know, let's just raise the kids and move on with life and spend our money. Yeah. Well, that's not a bad, uh, you know, way to end the <laughs> career. You know, she's in her early 40s and and has made a name for herself, not only in the wrestling business, but I also think as, you know, with the philanthropies that WWE has been associated with in the past. So I'm sure she will be uh, absolutely fine as well. I'm certain that uh, they will get by somehow. Yeah. Well, Brian, I really enjoyed catching up with you for this uh, podcast. Anything else you want to say before we wrap up this episode? No, I don't think so. It's uh, it's been good and uh, it's been good to kind of follow your career and your love for the business. It's actually kind of, it actually kind of helped get me back into it, just kind of seeing what you've been up to. And, uh, hey, congratulations on a, a good career you had in the news business and being able to fo- still being able to follow your passion and, uh, you know, uh, have a little fun with it and do something with it. And uh, just uh, you should be proud of what you've been able to do. Not everybody can do that. Well, thank you, Brian. I, I really do appreciate that. And, uh, friends, we will uh, talk again very soon. Be sure to check us out on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, and of course, YouTube. They don't, they don't realize that the power of television lies in the fans. They think the power of television is the NWO. That's not so. It's with the fans. And I like being able to say that. I like being able to say, hey, little kid, I love being around you. They don't do that. They just try to run over everybody. And I don't, I'm not worked that way, and that's why I left them. Rick and Scott Steiner, are you going to continue teaming with them? I'm out here watching their back tonight. I'm not actually scheduled for a match, but I'm out here watching their back. Anything can happen. All right. right. Wrestling and of, of Bobby Heenan, I've watched oh, you for years. Um, probably the greatest manager in wrestling history. What do you, uh, how do you make the transition from wrestler to manager now to commentator here at WCW? Well, I guess it's the same way Frank Gifford did it or you know, a lot of the other guys. I, uh, I broke my neck in 1983 and uh, I just got out of the ring in 91, and uh, I wrestled those years on and off. Mostly I managed. I, I, was, I was hurt, but I didn't have it done because I didn't want to take the time off. I didn't know it was that bad. I really didn't think I broke it. I thought I just pinched a nerve all those years. But 
Uh, that's one of the reasons I got out of it. But making the transition is easy because I knew the I, I knew the product. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like I couldn't do hockey. Right. I couldn't call hockey because I can't even you can't read the names like an eye chart. But in wrestling, I know what's going on. I know the stars. I know I know the uh, the referees. I know the the fans. What they like, what they don't like, and it's 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 fun. It's a lot of fun to do. Any advice to somebody like myself who is a big fan of the sport? And someday I would like to be up there commentating, calling a Monday Nitro, a Thursday Night Thunder. What could I do to maybe prepare myself for a career in wrestling broadcasting? If you want to really prepare for wrestling broadcasting, you're not going to learn wrestling broadcasting doing baseball, hockey, or anything else. You're going to have to learn doing wrestling. Mm -hmm. So watch it at home on TV and do play-by-play -play while you're doing it. Then when you shave in the morning, do your openings, do your closers. You're seeing yourself in the mirror. But do the play-by-play, do color. Do it smart, 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 alchemy if you want. Do it straight if you want. Do it all different ways. That's how you'll learn. All because right. that's the only way I know how to do it. Great. Thank you very much. Oh, I appreciate pleasure. it. Okay, you went from Marcus Alexander Bagwell a couple years ago. Look, now you're just ask me the question. Do you see I'm the busy man here? Can't you see that you just can't have a body like this by just sitting around interviewing all day? Just ask me the question. All right, buff the stuff. How did you become buff? Real simple. <laughs> Is that answer your question? <laughs> I mean, is that answer your question? What would you call yourself if you had a body like this? I, I'd call myself. Would you myself... call yourself John or Frank? Or would you say you're buff? I mean, come on. Look at that. That's the biggest arm in the world. Steiner ain't got nothing on me. Who are you fighting tonight? You know, I'm going to run down as many times as I can and beat up everybody I get a chance to beat up. That's what I'm going to do tonight. All right, and the fans here in Huntsville, I don't know how they're going to react to you now that you're buff. Uh, well, what do you got to say about that? It's really weird. It's, it's, um, it's sold out for one reason, because of the NWO. And they boo us, but they love us. And that's what I like. I'll look out and they'll be booing us, but if you look really deep in their eye, you can see they think I am so cool. So it's like, I know they want to hate me, but then down deep, they just go going, you know what? That buff is a cool guy, you know? So they can hate me all they want, as long as they keep buying those tickets in the very top row and come and see that, then it's okay. I think you're cool, so. Okay, brother. That's all right, all right, matters. All right. You know what? I'm buff and I'm the stuff. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.